peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good So every now and again, I'll approach a topic or have a thought that I think to myself, all right, if there's ever a time I'm going to get some hate mails, probably going to be about this. I'm not, as I say all the time, these are just my thoughts as I'm studying through my Bible. I do not think that I am some kind of scholar and I do not think that I understand things beyond what anyone else understands. I'm just reading my Bible, thinking through certain issues, going to the Bible and sharing my thoughts with you on a daily. Said all that to say, because today I'm going to be dealing with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And that chapter is dealing with spiritual gifts, namely uh, tongues and prophecy and when you get to talk about these things right here, is is there is bound to be someone who has their adamant disagreement and they're going to want to say something, be mad, angry, whatever. I'm not trying to make nobody mad. Never my point. I just want to know what the Bible says. That's it. I'm just reading my Bible, trying to figure out what's going on. In a lot of ways, this is one of those times where me not growing up in a church and not really having a church background from my youth kind of helps me because when I approach situations like this, I'm kind of a blank slate. Um, And the first time I ever kind of delved into looking into this, I didn't really go too deep and I'm not even necessarily saying I'm going to go deep now, but it was helpful to me that I didn't have any vantage point. So I was literally just reading what the Bible says and honestly just drawing conclusions off of the Bible and not off of anything else I heard. Some of my thoughts on this are maybe slightly more well thought out than they were when I got saved, you know, years ago. But some of it is uh, the same conclusions. I can always be wrong. Check your Bible. Believe it and not me. Let's get into this. So in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we'll start at verse 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. So before I continue, I will say that it would behoove you to read the whole book of 1 Corinthians, but it'll give you a little more context to why follow after charity was mentioned in that first verse if you read chapter 12 and chapter 13. That word charity right there is translated 
from the Greek word agape. And there's a reason um, the word charity is used. And as I've explained before, charity is a step beyond the emotion of love. Charity is love acted out. So this is not just me saying I love you and loving you. This is that love being carried out into action. So that word there, the Greek word is agape, which I'm sure everyone who's listening to this, who's been around any Bible teaching or any church has heard that word before. That word means love that is affection or benevolence, specifically plural, a love a feast, feast of charity, charity or charitably dear love. So the implication is that this is, like I said, this is beyond me just saying I love a person or having the emotion of love. This is that this is that emotion, that love acted out. So the Bible says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. So there's nothing wrong with it. Desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. So that prophesying is is placed above everything else um it's it's it seems to be ahead of these other spiritual gifts and well before i before i i do that i want to do something so tongues are going to be mentioned in in the verses to come now people have many 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 ideas on what tongues are some people think it's just random babblings of of some language that no one on earth knows i'm not saying that that cannot be the case and i'm not telling you that i'm dogmatically right but i'm telling you using the bible to interpret the bible it is my belief that these tongues are languages that are spoken on earth that the people around would not have known. For instance, I'll give you an example of what I mean. To someone who has never in their life ever been around Filipinos, if they heard Tagalog spoken, they would think it's just random sounds. It wouldn't sound like anything. They'd have no idea what they were hearing, not knowing that, oh, this is just a language I've never heard before. That's an unknown tongue. I'm not saying you got to you got to agree with me. I'm not saying I'm dogmatically right. I'm not saying that I, I am not I am not above correction. And I always want to make that known because I never will want anyone to think that I'm approaching any of these subjects arrogantly thinking that I have all the answers. I don't. But using a Bible to interpret the Bible, I'm going to go to uh, the book of Acts chapter two <clears throat> where um, uh, tongues first comes up. And I'm going to read verse 1 down to verse 8. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance 
Look, that's key there. Look at what it says. As the spirit gave them utterance. So I'm going to tell you what I believe happened in this situation. Because before I read this and I used to think that, okay, so everybody was just randomly speaking and in, in languages and different languages. I think I honestly believe this was one at a time as is laid out in the book of first Corinthians. And I might not get to that today. I might do this in multiple parts because there's a lot um, in, in chapter 14. But again, read it again. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak um, with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that uh, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans and how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born um parthians and medes and elamites and dwellers of mesopotamia and judea and cappadocia pontus asia pergia pamphylia and egypt and the parts of libya and cyrene and strangers of rome jews proselytes cretes and arabians we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of god they were talking about languages they heard every man there heard them speak in his own language so i don't think i don't think that that tongues in a biblical sense is just random babblings i think it's an actual actual languages that are that are heard and understood and like in this instance i think every man who was hearing things spoken heard in his own language now how exactly god worked that out that god does what he does but every man heard what was going on in their own language so it wasn't just random babblings that no one understood. And so I kind of wanted to wanted to get that out the way reading the, those verses first. So we'll go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse, um, we're down at verse 2. It says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So it's saying that the person who's speaking in an unknown tongue, he's not speaking unto men, but unto God. That's what the Bible just said. Fairly simple, right? Um, fairly to the point. Um, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries so he, he's speaking some mysteries to god no man under, understands what he's saying but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men 
to edification and exhortation and comfort. So I believe this is why what was said in verse one was said, follow after charity, despise not spiritual gifts. Right. So the pendulums always swing in either too far left or too far right. And at some point in maturity, you get to the point where you're in the middle. Right. So what I mean by that is when I got saved, I remember hearing about people speaking in tongues and it was definitely done out of order biblically. So my pendulum swung the complete other way. And I was like, man, bump all this. Ain't none of this, man. These, these fools, they tripping. Ain't none of this real. Right. And that's not the case. Hey, the Bible does speak about tongues, but there's an orderly and biblical way that this happens. And the Bible lays it out. So, um, yeah. So he said, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. So there's nothing wrong with spiritual gifts. Or rather that you may prophesy. Right now, remember, charity is love acted out. Now, when you get back down to verse three, but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification, to exhortation and comfort. This is for the help of others. This is exactly why. Verse one is stated like that, but rather that ye may prophesy, that ye may help others. And also notice what it says about, about prophecy in verse three. What does prophecy do? Now we got a lot of these modern day prophets today that, you know, you got some doom and gloom, some the world's ending now, some will tell you the world's ending next month, which is all possible. But we don't know. We don't know the time. We don't know the exact date. We don't know when these things are going to play out exactly. When I hear people giving exact dates and when I hear people selling and giving doom and gloom, I'm like, I don't know about this. But what is prophecy supposed to do according to verse three? Edification, exhortation and comfort. So what is that? Edification, a building up in a moral and religious sense, instruction, improvement, and progress of the mind and knowledge and morals, or in faith and holiness, exhortation, the act of practice of exhorting, the act of inciting to laudable deeds, incitement to that which is good or commendable, comfort to strengthen, to invigorate, to cheer or enliven. So, I mean, looking at that and looking at a lot of these modern day quote unquote prophets, they're not doing any of this. None of that at all. Verse four, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. And again, this is why verse one says, but rather that ye may prophesy. This is building up the body. Edification, exhortation and comfort. And I mean, so I'm going to get off into the weeds here with this. And I'm not telling you that that this is necessarily what this is. But I was talking to a brother today and he brought up a good point, And this is something that I've always thought I think when a Bible mentions prophecy in this sense, 
it's not prophecy in the sense of a, a like like the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ or the book of Daniel or the or the or the the, the book of Ezekiel. I think prophecy in in these instances is prophecy in the sense of going through the sh- the scripture and expounding on what's said. That is a revelation. Right. I'm pretty sure we've all heard preachers preach before and they go over a scripture and they go over something and they expound on something and reveal something to you that you've never seen before. And you can see clearly that is there. I'm not saying 100 percent sure that's what it is. Right. I mean, like I said, there's certain things that 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 are up for debate. I could be wrong on that. But the one thing I do know is that this prophecy should edify, exhort, and comfort. And if it doesn't do that, you can miss me. In verse five, the Bible says, I would that ye all spake with the tongue with with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied again. Prophecy is, is given the preeminence over tongues. Yet again, this keeps happening. This theme keeps happening through these verses. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. So the Bible saying is, if there's no interpretation, how are we edified? You're just, you're speaking in something none of us understands. Not helpful. Nobody's helped in that situation. So let me see where I'm at in my notes. All right. So we're at, so verse, okay. So verse six through verse 11, they're interconnected very tightly. So I'm going to read all of them and then I'm going to come back. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak, uh, to either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. And even things without life, giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise, ye, except ye utter by tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken for for ye shall speak unto the air there are it may be so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them without signification therefore if i know not the meaning of the voice i shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me even so, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. So I'm going to go back through these verses, but I wanted to read all of those. Um, so uh, we'll take a look at verse six. Um, and he says, except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or prophesying, foretelling of something, or doctrine, a teaching, right? 
So revelation, of course, you know, we know the act of disclosing or discovering um, to others what was before unknown to them. Knowledge, a clear and certain perception of that which exists. So we see that that he's saying, if I do this, if I speak with tongues, what will it profit you if you don't understand and there's no revelation, knowledge, prophecy, no doctrine? How does this help you? What what good does it do for anyone? And verse seven, the word distinction uh, is used. That word distinction is the act of separating or distinguishing the point behind um, uh the, the, and the point behind this is that even inanimate objects, instruments, allow us to understand uh, the melodies by the difference in sounds so that we can recognize what we're hearing, differentiating between tunes, right? Let's listen to that again. And even if things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sound, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? Have you ever heard like a, like a marching band or any of that when they're just warming up and just sounding off random sounds? What does it sound like? You discern any of that? It just sounds like nonsense. That's all it sounds like. Then when they start playing a tune and getting in sync and everybody's playing their part, you can discern this melody. I think this is the point here. Um, uh, in verse eight, the Bible says, for if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So the trumpet was what they sounded for people to prepare to battle. Now, I, I would assume I would imagine they had a specific sound off to prepare for battle. So what he's saying is, yo, if this trumpet just made some random sound. How would people know to get prepared for battle? It just made some random sound. They don't even understand who did it help. Who did it help? This this random sound, who did it help? No one. This is the point that's being made here. So likewise ye, except ye utter by tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. Your words are empty. If there's no interpreter, if this is some unknown language that only you have, there's no interpretation. Nobody has any idea what's being said. What is the point? What is this doing? That's what this is getting at here. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. That word signification means the act of making known or communicating ideas to another by signs or by words, by anything that is understood, particularly by words. If you're speaking in some unknown tongue, there's no interpretation and it's just random babblings. What is it doing? What is it doing is not doing anything. Verse 11, therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian 
and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. What is barbarian? That word barbarian is a man, uh, a man in his rude, savage state, an uncivilized person. What in the world would this be doing for anyone? Is doing absolutely nothing. And in verse 12, we have the point that was that was that was being um, um, expounded upon here. Even so, even so, ye for as much as you're zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye uh, the, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. These gifts are supposed to be helpful. If you're speaking in some random unknown tongue that nobody understands, there's no interpreter, nobody knows what's going on, you're speaking into the air. This is not helpful. It's not edifying anyone. In these, in uh, in the further verses in the book of First uh, Corinthians 14, it goes into the guidelines for speaking in tongues and prophecy. And I'm going to get into that Lord willing tomorrow, but I just wanted to, to go through that. Another one of my exercises, walking through the scriptures again, as I always say, I'm not infallible. Do not believe or trust me. Read your Bible. I am just a guy with a thought. I share my thoughts with you on a daily. My thoughts very well could be wrong. I'm doing my best, doing my diligence to stick with what the Bible says, but that does not mean I will be void of being wrong. So I will stress, I will stress, I will stress, read your Bible. You might read through and go, nah, brother, I read X, Y, and Z and I disagree with you. I'm welcome to that. I'm always welcome to that. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.